Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. We should leave our children and our grandchildren in better shape. There's nothing wrong with leaving your children a house, leaving your children a car, leaving your, leaving your children a good name, grandchildren a good name, leaving them good values, leaving them your relationship with Christ. I saw how grandmama prayed. I saw how granddaddy prayed. I saw how mom and daddy prayed. I saw how they sought the presence of God and how the Lord came through every time. This is part of an inheritance that you would leave with them. You shouldn't consume it all in one generation. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. All right, uh, Kingdom Rock, today the Lord has really given me this to give to you. And it's going to be a little bit different today. Relax. He told me to tell you about the setup, the setup, how the Father is setting you up, setting you up for what? Setting you up for great wealth. Over the next few weeks or so, I'm not sure how long we're going to go until the Lord stops it, we're going to talk about money. Okay, nobody's getting up and running out right now. I'm going to tell you about the purposes of it. And as we talk about this, as the seed of the word goes out, if you seize the seed and take it in, you'll begin to see it produce in your life. Remember, the blessing is not just in hearing the word, but it's in doing the word. Hallelujah. I may be on the floor a lot. I mean, ministering from the floor, not falling in the floor. Online community, just go with me. It'll be okay. Are you with me? Turn with me to John, the third chapter. Third John, I'm sorry, third John. The second chapter will start here. Third John 2. Third John 2. Or rather, third John, the second verse. How about that? Third John, second verse. And we'll just start here today. Why am I right here, close up and personal? Because I want you to know that I'm talking to you. To you too, online community. But I'm talking to you guys too. Are you hearing me? You must become. You must become. You know, part of the thing the Lord dealt me about is that uh, some people don't progress in life. If you see them now and you remember them five years before, five years ago, they're still going through the same problems, the same situations, the same, the same things keep coming up. And let's say you haven't seen them in a while, and you ask them, how are you doing? And they say, well, I'm still blah, 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 blah. They're still going through the same old issues. They haven't progressed. The same old things. Listen, you must have an appreciation, yes, of where you are. But you can't stay where you are. You've got to grow. You've got to grow. Now, I'm not saying you don't move. I mean, if you want to move a new house, get a new house. I'm not talking about physically so much. As in your mental and emotional, your spiritual state, your physical state. 
We have to grow. We have to develop. Bless you. Such a cute sneeze. We have to grow. We have to develop. We can't stay in the same place. Amen? Third John, the second, third John uh, chapter, uh, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul what prospereth. Now, who is he talking to? Verse 3 says, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Walk in the truth. So if you walk in the truth, you're going to prosper and be in health. Now, I know this is a greeting, but this is still the word of God and it's still truth. Our goal is to prosper and be in health. That is, uh, we're prospering financially, yes. Now, that does not mean that everybody's going to have a billion-dollar mansion. I'm not sure if I want to have a billion-dollar mansion. Uh, I'm not telling you that all this stuff is going to follow you, but I'm telling you, really, prosperity is having more than enough. You have enough for you, and you can share with others. Prosperity is having more than what you need. More than what you need. It's having an excess. It's having an overflow. Excess of love, joy, peace. If you only have just enough for you, that's not living in the abundance. You're going to have to have more. You're going to have to have more. Are you hearing? Look at Proverbs. Proverbs Proverbs, uh, 13. And let's look at verse 21 and 22. Proverbs 13, verse 21 and 22 says this. Evil pursueth sinners, but the righteous good shall be repaid. Look at verse 22. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for who? Is laid up for the just. All right. So again, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. Now, in order, in order to do that, in order for a man to leave an inheritance to his grandchildren, he's got to make sure that his children understand what wealth is and how to operate it. Because if not, you say, I'm going to leave this money to my grandchildren. But if your children don't have that together, they're going to squander your, your grandchild's inheritance in some way, form, or fashion before they even get it. Right? But in simplest form, what the word says again, don't consume it all in your generation. Don't consume all of it in your generation. You're going to need to have some to leave the next generation. Everybody shouldn't have to start from the bottom. Okay? We should leave our children and our grandchildren in better shape. There's nothing wrong with leaving your children a house, leaving your children a car, leaving your, leaving your children a good name, grandchildren a good name, leaving them good values. Leaving them your relationship with Christ. I saw how grandmama prayed. I saw how granddaddy prayed. I saw how mom and daddy prayed. I saw how they sought the presence of God and how the Lord came through every time. This is part of an inheritance that you would leave with them. You shouldn't consume it all in one generation. So that is we are generational minded. We must be generational minded. The wealthy are generational minded. I'm not only thinking about today, but I'm thinking about those that will follow me generational minded wealthy people are generational minded 
and you are God's wealthy place. So you must be generationally minded, generationally minded. I'm doing this, doing this today so that my children and their children will have a better start in life. They shouldn't have to struggle like I struggled. Everybody got me? A good man or a good woman leaving an inheritance to their children's children. In other words, they don't consume it all today, right? And then it says the wealth of the, of the sinner is laid up for the just. So the just are, of course, those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. Jesus makes you just. But this word just is also qualified. This just is the one that is matured. Because even if the Lord will give, it, give you wealth, and you say, I'm just, I believe in Jesus, but if you are in an immature state, then you're just going to squander it, or a great bit of wealth to an immature person will kill them. It, has been, it, is, it is fact, there are many lottery winners that committed suicide. And even their families, some of them, their, their own families murdered them trying to get the money. And some went bankrupt. They inherited hundreds of millions of dollars. You would think they would have had the greatest life. But money simply amplifies what's already in you and what's already around you. I once said, if I came into hundreds of millions of dollars, I won't nobody know it. You'll, you'll see something in your mailbox. Well, I don't know who it's from. And I'll go, he, he, he. Uh, but I digress. Go to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 9, chapter Ecclesiastes 9, where I need you to know that you are meant to have wealth. You are meant to have the wealth and operate in wealth. So our mindset, our mentality has to be, has to shift. Let me say it this way, and we'll see this. Money does not make you wealthy. It is your state of mind that makes you wealthy, your emotional state that makes you wealthy. Because it is proven you can have money and still be poor. You can have a paycheck and still by the middle of the month, you're broke. It is not excessive money that makes you wealthy. It is how you handle what you have. Because it can go in one window and right out the other. Are you hearing? So our mindset has to change. Look at this. Ecclesiastes uh, verse, or rather, chapter 9, verse 11 says this. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Simply put, God will give everybody their time and their chance. Be ready for your time and for your chance. You got what I'm saying to you? Yeah, I see it, Tamir. Verse number uh, uh, 12 says this. So verse 11, of course, is, is our, should be our confidence that you don't have to have all the education, all the skill, all this and that and the other. Just be ready for your time. Just be ready for your chance. 
The door is going to swing open. Be ready to be ready to go. Verse 12, verse 12 talks about death, really. It says, for man also knoweth not his time. You don't know when you're going to leave this planet. You don't know when you're going to die. As the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. Now look at verse 13. 13 through 16 are what I want us to really focus on. Please hear this. Verse 13 says, This wisdom have I, rather this wisdom, yeah, have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. Verse 14, there was a little city and a few men within it, and there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. Now, verse 15, now there was found in it a what man? A poor, wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. He saved the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Verse 16, then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, that poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. Listen to this out of the New Living Translation. Same verse, verse 16 out of the New Living Translation says, yeah, there's an outpouring of the Spirit. I believe that is simply um, giving witness to it. There's an outpouring of the Spirit. Verse 16 says again, and of the New Living Translation, listen to this, it says, So even though wisdom is better than strength, those who are wise will be despised if they are poor. What they say will not be appreciated for long. Why should you have the wealth? Because the world listens to money. You have all the wisdom, and by your wisdom, you're able to save the whole city. Surely people would have died. But because you're poor, they don't want to listen to you. The world listens to wealth. This is one reason why you're going to have to have the money. Money is influence. Success is influence. You know, when I go and, you know, I want to have a trainer, we talked about Jim a little while ago, when I want to have a trainer, I'm not going to look for the, the skinniest man in the room with no muscles. When I go around, I see some man looking like that, I say, oh man, how'd you get like that? You're wearing what I, what I desire to be. I want to look like that. Show me how. What do I need to eat? What do I need to do? So forth and so on. You model it. You have to model it. You say, well, pastor, I haven't lived that way in the past. That's fine, because we get to go from where we are and move forward from today. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't worry. We can't worry about the past. It's gone. The victory is in today. And it's not in the destination. It's in the journey. Every single day that we make that decision, 
we get further and further and further along and we become what we were meant to be. The Father wants you to have wealth so that you will have influence. He wants you to have wealth to be his wealthy place so that you will have influence. Because people, this world system, listens to money. It says here in Ecclesiastes, this poor man had the wisdom to save the city, but nobody heard him. His wisdom was despised because he was poor. So the Lord wants you to have influence so that they will hear you. You got me? So say with me, I am am God's wealthy place. place. Now listen to Proverbs 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 15. Proverbs 10, 15. One verse, it says, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. Again, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Now, that sounds kind of strange. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. In other words, the poor are destroyed because of their poverty. Or the poor are destroyed because they're poor. What do you mean, Lord? The poverty that he's talking about is not just a lack of money, but it's how they think. The rich are producers. And again, rich doesn't mean that you have a billion dollars in your bank account. You could have, you could have a, a hundred. But if you are producing something, producing something, the rich are producers, whereas the poor are consumers. You can't give them enough. You can't, and that our mindset has to change where we have a certain amount coming in, but we consume it all. And we have nothing left over. And then we're looking for more. And we consume it all. And we have nothing left over. And then we look for more. And we consume it all. And we have nothing left over. And we do this week after week, month after month, year after year, until finally they put us in a box and put us in the grave broke. And for some people, they have to do, God help all families, please. I'm not trying to shame or talk about anybody. But it gets to the point where somebody has to do a GoFundMe account to help put you in the grave because you didn't have any money. We can either be producers or consumers. Now, when you consume, you eat everything that you have. You save none for tomorrow, none for this and that and the other. I don't have enough. Why don't we have enough? Because I got all these bills. Well, let's look at these bills. What can we do away with? Maybe we need to send this furniture back. Maybe we need to stop this car payment. Maybe we need to let that car and get a, get a, get a little hoopty for a while and ride in the hoopty for a while. Praise the Lord. It cost me $500, but if it gets me where I need to go, well, then I'll ride in the hoopty for a while until I can get a moopty. I don't know. You hear what I'm saying? When you evaluate what the... Debt is, the, is today's modern-day slavery. Debt is modern-day slavery. Debt devours your today, and you'll never have tomorrow because we're constantly paying for something. And some people think that they need to live by debt. Now, there is such a thing called good debt. Sure it is. But most of us are not enjoying the benefits of good debt. What do I mean by good debt? Let me talk about it. Let's say you want to go ahead and you want to buy a car. 
And that car note would be $650. What is a very expensive car. But instead of going to the car lot uh, to buy that car and, and having $650 a month payment, you decide, hey, I'm going to go ahead and, and buy this house. And I'm going to uh, fix this house up or, or I'm going to buy this house, yeah, fix it up. I'm going to mortgage this house. I'm going to put a renter in that house. I'm going to have a positive cash flow of about $650. In other words, the, the mortgage on the house is $1,000. I put a renter, renter in the house. They're going to pay $1,700 a month for this house. Hey, very reasonable amount. I'm going to take that amount, that $1,700. You know, well, it's $1,000 for me. It's $1,700 for them. So I, I have a $700 a month cash flow. I'm going to take that $700, and I'm going to go ahead and buy this car, but I'm not paying for this car. The renter is paying for this car. Hallelujah. So five years later, the renter has paid for my car. I have a new car, and I still have a house. Now I have a house and a car, and still positive cash flow coming out of it. Good debt. You understand what I'm saying? Something that is paying you. In other words, you're making your investments pay your life, fund your lifestyle. Okay? But in fact, we, most of us don't have good debt. We just have stuff that we're paying for. Credit card bills out the roof. Because I just had to have that new dress or those new pair of shoes. I had to have that PlayStation. I had to have this, and I had to have that. So our credit card bills are through the roof, and we're paying for stuff, paying for stuff, some of the stuff we don't even use anymore. You understand what I'm saying to you? You have to pay that mess off. What if we can send back? Send back. Let's get back. So it says, the destruction of the poor is their poverty. Rich are the rich or wealthy are producers, the poor are consumers. If we find ourselves, we never have enough, it's because we continue to eat, eat our, our, uh, our seed, eat, eat our finances. The poverty of the poor is a, uh, is a poor mindset, mindset having to do with they don't know how money works and or they never invested the time to find out how money works. Just sort of go along with the flow. Uh, poverty is also an emotional condition where you feel poor. You feel like you never have anything. You feel like you never go anywhere. That mindset has to shift. It has to shift because if you feel like and you think you're never having enough, you think you'll, you'll never be anything, you think you'll never go anywhere, if that gets in your mind, no matter how much money you get, it'll end up always leaving your hands. Or if you get an extreme, an extreme amount of money, you're not going to want to give it away because you, you may need it. I may need this. And the blessing is in releasing. It's in releasing. We can't trust in the wealth. We must trust in God. Are you hearing today? Oh, we're just getting started. So the rich, now listen to the rich and the poor actually can't get enough. The rich can't get enough money because their trust is in the money. 
but the poor can't get enough stuff. You have to decide which one you want which, which to be on. The Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. It's great gain. I would rather live in a smaller home and have smaller home, low mortgage or no mortgage and have money left over than have a huge home living paycheck to paycheck or being what they call house broke. You can't afford to put drapes on the windows. All you're doing is paying the mortgage. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? This is something that's happening every single day. Saints are going through this every single day. Stressing out about money. Marriages fail because stressing out about money. Losing friends, stressing out about money. When offering time, offering time, oh, I got to leave. Stressing out about money. God does not want you to be stressed out about money. But we have to have a, a mindset shift. Now, we're almost closing for the day. Got a whole lot more. We have to have a mindset, a mindset shift. Our minds have to shift. We have to remember that we are God's wealthy place. You are meant to have more than enough. Let's get that in here. Say it with me. I am meant to have, meant to have more, than more than enough. I am wealthy. I am, wealthy. I am rich. I have more than enough. One more time. I am wealthy. I am rich. I have more than enough. You see, your mind has to shift first before your pocket will shift. If your pocket shifts before your mind, you're still going to be broke. Your mind has to shift first. You must remember that you are God's wealthy place. You must remember that you're meant to have more than enough. Remember who you are. Remember who you were in the garden. Adam and Eve had more than enough. There was gold, there was silver, there were the onyx stones and the jaspers and all this stuff's all in the garden. Remember who you are. You are God's wealthy place. You're meant to have more than enough. And when we don't have more than enough, we go back and say, God, why is this not working? Like if you go into your house and you get back home, you turn the light switch and the light doesn't come on. What do you do? You either go, that doggone Georgia power. <laughs> or do you see, is a light bulb out? Let me try to plug something in. It's the fuse blown. But you just don't sit there in the house. Well, it's not working. So I just sit here in the dark. No, let's do something. The power's on. You are God's wealthy place. You're meant to have more than enough. So if we look around and say, hey, that's not true, then what should we do? Sit there and do nothing? Or investigate? Investigate. I'm telling you, it's time now to go on a path of discovery. If, it's, if the word is not true in our lives and God says it's true, he said this is really what it is, it's time for us not to just sit in there and accept it, but to investigate. What am I doing wrong, Lord? 
Speak to me, Holy Spirit. How can I get this right? You are God's wealthy place. Now, let me tell you one of the, another one of the reasons why you need to be God's wealthy place. Number one, we already know that you must uh, be a person of wealth so that you can have influence. Have we already settled that? You must be a person of wealth so that you would have influence. You must be very good and anointed at what you do so that you will have influence. God wants you to have influence because he wants those people to be saved. And they will listen to people who have influence. You are an influential person. So he's giving you seed. He will, he will give you opportunity so that people will listen to you when you talk. You got me? Here's another reason. Let's go to Deuteronomy, very familiar chapter. The people of God have gone, Deuteronomy 8, the people of God have come into the land or about to go into the land. And the Lord tells them, hey, don't forget me. And then he gives them the reason why he gave them the wealth. And this is the reason, one, another reason why he's giving you wealth. Remember this very well, Deuteronomy 8, 18. Deuteronomy 8, 18. It says this, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that what? That giveth thee power to what? To get wealth. Why? Why does he give you power to get wealth? That he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Now, a lot of people, I've heard this a lot of ministries, not talking about anybody. A lot of them would just stop at God gives you the power to get the wealth. God will give you power to get the wealth. God will give you power to get the wealth. And, I, and they just sort of stop it right there, put a period there. But no, God gives you the ability or the power or the might, the strength to get the wealth so that he can establish his covenant. His covenant is his will so that he can do what he wants to do in the earth. Remember, wealth, true wealth, wealth is generational. It's generational. He gives you wealth or generational wealth so that he can do things in the earth well after you and I are gone. He'll use you to set things up, to put things in motion well after you are gone. We have left the scene, but he has not left the scene. And he will work with the next generation and the generation after that and the generation after that. He will look at you and give you this wealth today so that generations down the line, they'll have it over here because of what he's done and established in you. He gives you wealth. He gives you generational wealth so that he can establish his will throughout the earth for generations to come. Not giving you generational wealth or wealth so that you can just party all the time. That reminds me of a song. Old song, Martha, by Eddie Murphy. My girl likes to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Ooh. I told you. I'm going to be me. See, I never heard that song before. It's old. It's, it's old. How many of you, I remember that song. How many of you remember that song? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's... And I digress. Ken said, I don't remember the song. You don't remember the song? Oh, okay. 
12. Well, praise the Lord. Well, don't worry about it then. Some people remember that. That's way back in the day. Yeah, when Eddie Murphy had an album. and uh, Yeah. Anyway, moving on. But God will give you the wealth. Now, we got to let, let this be settled. So today, whether you have two pennies in your pocket or, what, or today you have $2,000 in your pocket, you shouldn't be carrying that much cash, by the way, but if you have that amount in your pocket or if you have that amount in your account, great, two pennies or two million, great. Now, realize the, the significance of what the Lord is saying. You are his wealthy place. You are his wealthy place. And he wants to give you generational wealth, one, so that people will hear you and respect and have influence. You'll have your voice will have influence. Secondly, so he can establish his will, establish his covenant for generations to come. So the money he gives you, the wealth that he gives you, the influence he gives you is not for you. But you are a steward over it. A steward, a manager over it. To do what he wants you to do, in a little while, we're going to be gone. Whether we're going by rapture or going by grave, we're going to make our mark, our impact here, and then we're gone. Now, whether you end up with, uh, whether the generational wealth God gives you, I mean, there are several different degrees of generational wealth. Again, it could be in finances, it could be in uh, your gifts, using your gifts and abilities and your talents, using your influence. It doesn't always, wealthy does not always mean you have billions of dollars in your checking account. We understand that, right? But it means that you have more than enough. Whether it's more than enough money, more than enough love, more than enough wisdom, more than enough grace, whatever it is, it's more than enough. It's an overflow. The Father promises to give you an overflow so that he may establish his covenant in the earth. Whether you're teaching in the schools, Whatever you do and wherever you are, he promises to give you more than enough. But we have to have a mind, uh, mindset shift because we keep thinking that as long as I have enough for me and my foe, then I don't need no more. And that's just not the truth. That's just not the truth. You are God's wealthy place. And please remember, you got to remember that who you are. Remember. You are his wealthy place. Remember, say with me, I am, I am his wealthy place. His wealthy place. I, am I am his wealthy place. Should we go any further? Okay, I think, I think it's a good place to stop. There's so much more. It's going to be over the next few weeks or so. We're going to hit it again and hit it again and hit it again and hit it again. But what I need you to do is to remember that, that you are his wealthy place and God gives you the ability to get wealth that you may establish his covenant in the earth. And he wants to give you more than, more than enough. I'm telling you, it's a setup. He's setting you up. It's a setup. It's a setup as he teaches you about money and how to use it. And let me tell you this. Your money should be making money. Your money should be making money. Money should be working for you, working for you. You say, well, I just want to have a savings account and put money over there. Most banks don't even offer uh, interest on money. You need to have an interest-bearing account, interest-bearing account. I'm going to stop with this. What does an interest-bearing account mean, and why would you need an interest-bearing account? 
You say, I have $1,000 in my account. I've been saving $1,000 in my account, and I've had this account for, um, I've kept it for five years, and I'm really good. I have $1,000 in there for five years. Okay, okay. Now, over that five-year period of time, your money has depreciated. It may still look like $5,000 in the balance, but five years ago, $1,000, what's it, $1,000? Five years ago, $1,000 went a lot further than it does now. So five years ago, gas may have been, I don't know what, a dollar twenty-five, no, maybe more than that. Maybe how much? Yeah, a dollar fifty, something like that, right? Five years ago. Today, oh, we're hitting three, right? <laughs> it looked like it's about to hit four. Right? So that same thousand dollars has less buying power. That's why you're gonna have to have interest. Interest, uh, it, interest helps you keep up with inflation because things are getting more and more expensive. So if you have a, a, a money in an account and it has, it's an interest-bearing account, in other words, they're giving you money on top of it. So five years later, you don't just have $1,000. You may have, I don't know, $1,500 or what have you to help compensate for that for things getting, things getting more expensive. So if you're just putting money under your mattress, it's not making any money. It's actually depreciating in value. Five years ago, 10 years ago, you could have bought, what, loaf of bread and this and that and all this other stuff. But, but now, <laughs> see, I could have brought a whole buggy full of, for this. But now, you know, it's just a couple of items. Because they go up. Money goes up, and money, rather, uh, the cost goes up, and money depreciates over time unless you have some sort of interest, unless you have some sort of interest, unless your money is making money for you. We could talk about stocks and things of this nature and rental properties and, and positive cash flows and, and residual income. I think I want to talk about a lot of that stuff while, while we're here, where you're actually making money while you're sitting here. I'm making money while I'm standing here. It got nothing to do with the church. Hallelujah. Oh, you're a pastor. That's why you're doing it? No, because I understand that money needs to make money. Now, I'll show you how to do these things. Am I, am I a million-dollar person and trillion-dollar person? No, that's not what I'm called to. But I am called to have more than enough. I've had, my wife and I have had over the last few weeks, and I'm going to have to close it here, just telling you, the last, seemed like the last few weeks, could have been last, over the last few months, a couple of ministers reached out to us and said, hey, could you help me with this and that and the other? Now, I've never known them to do this before, so they were really falling on something. But it was so good when we were able to say, okay, yes, how much do you need? And able to give. Isn't that powerful? That's having more than enough. You understand? And not loaning it to them. I don't want to loan you money because if I loan you money, I'm going to be looking at you, why didn't you pay me back? I don't want to loan you any money. If I have it to give, I'll give it to you. I don't want you to be paying. I don't want to be, where's my money? 
<laughs> I don't want to have to even, we're not even going to play that game. Hallelujah. We need to talk about what the Bible says about co-signing too. You know, the Bible says things about co-signing as well. It's a whole lot of, whole lot of things. So we're going to be talking about this in the series, but what I need you to do is to receive the seed of God's word and continually say that you are a money magnet, money is drawn to you, and you sow generously into the kingdom of God and reap on a hundredfold return. You are God's wealthy place. See yourself as a producer and not a consumer. And listen, you're not bound by your paycheck. Don't let man tell you how much you're worth. You're not bound by your paycheck. Because the Lord is a master at giving seed to the sower. I can't wait to get into it with you. Let's stop it here. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word you've given us today. Lord, I pray today by your spirit that you would help us to become that and help us to exemplify that in the earth because there are so many people that need, that are standing in need, in need of, sure, finances, but in need of love, in need of grace, in need of peace. Lord, make us your storehouse. They're in need of wisdom. Lord, make us your storehouse. Let your glory just fill us and overflow us so that we can be the change in the earth today, so that we can represent Christ and represent him. For you are wealthy, and you've called us to generational wealth. You've called us to do great and mighty things. So, Lord, we receive your presence even at this moment, and we receive the change that you're bringing into our lives. In Jesus' name. Now, my friends, if you're listening and watching right now from all around the world and in this room, if you've not known the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, rich people go to hell too. And poor people too. If they don't know Christ Jesus, what difference would it make? Jesus is the beginning of all things. So if you've not received him as your Lord and Savior of your life, don't start this new journey and have not uh, received Christ. Have not welcomed him into your heart and your life. To be saved, the Lord made it very simple. He said, all you have to do is believe. Believe in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe in Jesus. Ask him into your heart. Confess your sins before him. Let him wash those sins away. Receive his forgiveness and his love and his mercy for your life. It doesn't matter who you are or where you've been. Talk to him today. Confess him as your Lord and Savior. We're here for you. If you need us, just go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. Have that conversation with Jesus today, would you? Invite him in your heart and in your life. Believe in him. Confess your sins before him. You'll feel better. Believe that he died for you, that he rose again from the grave for you. Believe that he justifies you in the sight of God and that through God's sight, you are innocent. You're innocent in the sight of God because of Jesus. Believe today and confess him as your Lord and Savior. Get by yourself. Talk to him. It's not in a prayer. It's in your belief. You talk to Jesus. Amen. And we're here for you and we love you. Amen. God bless you. See you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. 
It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.